You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com, because animal health deserves a healthier approach. Good morning, I'm Joel Hastings with Dairy Business News. We're here at World Ag Expo on Valentine's Day, as it happens, on February 14th. We're at the Rabo AgriFinance uh, display, and we're talking today, this morning, with Lucas Fees, whose name I did not check with. You got it exactly correct, actually. Uh, <laughs> Lucas Fees, who is the uh, relatively newly named uh, dairy economist with Rabo AgriFinance. Lucas, uh, we also share a, a home territory uh, in upstate New York. But tell us a, a little bit about your uh, your background and, and your resume before you arrived here in this position. Awesome, thanks Joel. Great to be here in Tulare this morning. I, uh, yeah, like you said, I grew up on a dairy farm in upstate New York. My family is still there farming today, which is great. I make it home uh, a few times a year at least. Um, uh, my whole career though, I've been in Chicago, Illinois. So 12 years now, a few different jobs, but uh, originally, uh, my first job, I was with Glanbia Nutritionals, working there as a dairy analyst and dairy economist, primarily on the cheese side of the business. And then most recently, I was at High Ground Dairy, so a brokerage firm, futures and options. Um, I, my role there was kind of directing the market intelligence side of the business, so um, similar work to what I'll be doing at Rabobank, actually, in terms of looking at trends in the industry, doing a bit of dairy price forecasting, and making sure that the whole supply chain was kind of up to date on the markets. And yeah, like you said, I joined Rabobank at the beginning of this year. So this is, I think, week six or seven here with Rabobank. So it's great to be here at World Ag Expo and meeting and interacting with some of our clients and, uh, and getting, getting to know my role. Well, we're happy to have you join us uh, early in your career with, with Rabobank, Rabo AgriFinance, I should say, probably. Um, from your upstate New York background, uh, you also have connections with Cornell, both from your undergraduate degree and then since then working with the dairy department. Just, yes. just give us a little bit of idea about your uh, academics. Yeah, yeah. My undergrad was at Cornell University, uh, majored in animal science there. Um, and then since then have tried to you know keep up a little bit with the department. I'm, uh, I am actually speaking at the Cornell Herd Health and Nutrition Conference coming up in April in Syracuse. So it'll be good to get back to upstate New York in this role and see some, uh, some northeast uh, dairy farmers and, uh, and, and dairy folks in the area. And from our California perspective, maybe better in April than in um, <laughs> February or March. But, That's uh, true. Yeah. We can get a little snow in April too, so I, I, I hope the weather cooperates just fine for you. Well, now that we've got kind of the intro here, let's uh, shift gears and get into the to the uh, your expertise. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I'll, I'll open it with kind of a general question. Give, give our audience a little bit of an idea of what you're looking for for the dairy industry in the year ahead. Yeah, I think that question is extremely relevant here as we sit in February. Looking back over the past few months, we've seen milk prices decline uh, slowly but pretty steadily and, and you know, by the margin of uh, a few dollars per hundredweight over the past few weeks and months here. We're now looking at class three, class four futures markets in near-term months that have numbers with 17s in front of them, um, 18s maybe into some of the deferreds, and those are pretty low prices compared to, in some cases, the records that we saw last year. So I think at the forefront of my mind and of course dairy farmers' minds is how long our price is gonna be here and what does it look like throughout the entirety of this calendar year. I think some of the things that I'm watching, um, of course, always starting with supply and demand. Over the past few months, we've seen uh, milk supply from, uh, look at maybe the Northern Hemisphere, come back in a, in a pretty significant way. So in the US, uh, while the beginning of 2022, we were lower on milk, over the past several months, we've, uh, we've seen a resurgence in milk supply here in this country. We've also seen a recovery in milk production a little bit more than expected from the European Union, so some additional product available there. And, you know, the only place that has seen some struggles is New Zealand and Australia. And the funny thing is, though, even with, with uh, reduced spring volumes there, of course, our northern hemisphere fall, if we flip to the demand side, we've seen such a slowdown in global demand that that lower supply from New Zealand really didn't matter to the market and we've continued to see these milk prices tick lower. If I think of key demand areas, uh, I'm watching China most closely. They've really pulled back in buying over the past several months. Uh, US exports specifically have been okay to China, but if we look at you know this global market, it's really been a key driver of this bearishness overall. What does all this mean to me? I think as, as we look at costs of production, whether I look at us here in California as we sit today, actually I would probably say most parts of the country here in the US, uh, we're looking at farmers who are maybe barely break even to maybe even losing a buck or two per hundredweight here in the next few months. It could be a challenging few months here through the spring flush period, especially as we see seasonally uh, strong milk volumes. All this said, I am looking for a little bit of a resurgence in milk prices into the back half of the year. I do think that China will kind of step back into the market. I think that uh, milk supplies will tighten up a little bit and global demand will be a little bit better. So I think um, over the next few months might be the toughest for dairymen, but hopefully on a calendar year basis, looking to have an okay year. Sure. Given, uh, I think everybody, certainly dairy producers, are very familiar with the inflationary pressures on their cost side. Um, what do you see in the economy in terms of the inflation? We saw some news this morning that uh, indicated maybe inflation had ticked down just a touch, or the rate of inflation, I should say, not inflation. But uh, what are you looking at in terms of the general economy uh, as, as you look ahead? Yeah, I might take that question in two parts. Um, when, when you first mentioned costs and inflation, my mind immediately went to cost of production and it's still kind of wild for me to wrap my mind around, uh, I mean, my childhood, my first decade of my career. If we were talking, you know, 18, 19, $20 milk, that would be pretty decent for farmers and, a, and probably a pretty good year. But when I look at 
feed and interest rates and labor and energy and all of the challenges that, that we've seen over the past year or two and how much that cost of production has ticked higher, it's really kind of a, a whole different perspective that you need to have about margins and profitability on farm. But to kind of broaden that out a little bit, uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of watching these economic measures pretty closely. Of course, the bank is watching these uh, measures very closely. It's kind of been a little bit encouraging to see it, the inflationary rate uh, not go down, maybe ease a little bit over the past few months. I think the Fed is able to kind of um, ease back a little bit on their interest rate increases. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's going to be another kind of challenging year. Um, some of these kind of, some of this easing inflation is just a function of math. I mean, you know, we, we saw all this start about a year ago or so. So compared to prior year, we might be looking a little bit better. But I don't think costs are necessarily uh, going to be going down at any point in the near term. Um, another kind of key thing that I'm watching is just the, the threat of a re recession. Um, I don't think it's going to be necessarily severe from the U.S. perspective. We're maybe looking at um, just very slight weakness, maybe one quarter, maybe two quarters. It's possible that we might avoid it altogether, uh, which would be a good news, but um, just kind of lots of variables to watch here over the next few months to see how 2023 will shape up. What uh, Can you give us any idea of what uh, your own company, uh, Robo AgriFinance, is looking at in terms of how you're going to work with your customers? What should they be prepared for? I'm not necessarily asking you for an interest rate quote or mm -hmm. range, but mm -hmm. just give us a little feel for how you and your colleagues will be counseling your, your customers. Sure. I think coming off of 2022, which for most farmers was probably a decently profitable year, it's, I think it always comes back to just looking at those costs on dairy, making sure that uh, everything is being kind of managed as well as possible, taking advantage of risk management opportunities, both on the milk side and on the feed side to kind of get a good idea at how, how much, um, how margins are gonna be throughout the, the next several months. Um, I, I think, yeah, on an interest rate perspective, just kind of maybe assessing exactly what that looks like in terms of how leveraged certain farmers might be or, or what their ultimate plans for the future are. Um, certainly things like expansions are, are probably uh, frequently on the minds of a lot of our Bravo AgriFinance customers. So just making sure to kind of view the timing on some of those issues and, and you know, yeah, coming off of a 2022, just uh, in a year that milk prices are going to be a little bit lower, just kind of reassessing the, the financial position of the dairy to, to hopefully set up for another decently successful year. Well, thank you very much, Lucas Face, with Raba AgriFinance, the new dairy economist, uh, working with uh, the, the staff and your clients. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you taking some time to give us a little bit of a preview for, for 2023 in terms of the, of the dairy industry. Awesome. Lucas, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And we're talking with Ryan Finley, who's got some really unique responsibilities in dairy uh, for the company. I'm going to have him tell us about that. Uh, Ryan, welcome to Dairy Business News and, and talk about your role in the carbon banking process. Sure. Well, it's great to meet you. I'm, I'm happy to be on and I'm going to give you a, a couple of background. First of all, I spent the last 20 years in agricultural policy work. So I've been a federal lobbyist. I've worked in any type of agriculture from apple growers and labor issues to 
row crop producers in the Midwest on farm policy. And for the last couple of years, I've really honed in on sustainability. And what does that mean to a grower? It's a, it's a noisy buzzword that we hear a lot about. But what does this mean? And, and coming from an agricultural background myself, it's really important that I help distill this down to how does it help farmers? So I live in St. Louis today. I work with Rabobank, Rabo Carbon Bank, and I've been there since last August. Well, you've uh, got a lot of expertise in terms of some of the uh, uh, sustainability issues we're dealing with, but you've also been involved in some pilot programs. Let's let's talk. Let's step back a little bit and talk about the general responsibilities for your division. And then I'm really looking forward to learning about some of the pilot programs that you're working with. Absolutely. So the Carbon Bank is really focused on taking all of this information that is related to carbon, related to sustainability, and how do we help farmers understand it? How do we help farmers be the solution in this broader conversation around carbon and around sustainability. So that's really what the Carbon Bank does. We help bridge that gap between where the farmers are and the needs of all the other companies that want to lower their emissions. So we're trying to help farmers benefit from this, improve farms' resiliency, their soil health, uh, overall farm profitability. So when it comes to the carbon markets in general, we want to help a grower participate in that and, and help them be part of the solution. And, and that entails not only cost of production, but also a, a new revenue stream, too. Yeah, so abs yeah absolutely. Talk, talk about the pilot program and how you're working with producers in what I'll call the real world. Yeah. It's good to step back quick and say, we have the food and agriculture spectrum. So we have a producer, we're going to have a processor, we're going to have a consumer packaged goods company, we're going to go all the way to the retail level, where that consumer is purchasing that product. All of this food and ag has an emissions footprint. And, and their goal is to overall reduce that emissions footprint. So what is the role that a grower can do? And so the Carbon Bank, we've created a couple of pilot programs. One of them is in the dairy space. One of them is in the row crop space. That allows growers to reduce their emissions. And then we can monetize that reduction and sell it to the food and ag value chain. So the one that we're specifically talking about today with you is our pilot project for dairy farms. It's twofold. It's about emissions reduction from methane or from nitrous oxide. And the methane can be from the cows burping, the enteric fermentation. And then the nitrous, side, the nitrous oxide side would come from their, their cropping system. Well, let's, let's jump into uh, maybe one of your pilot programs that yeah. uh, we're not going to identify specifically, but give us a little idea of how you work with a producer who does sign up for this program. Absolutely, so it is a pilot project today and these are pilots within a, a specified set of Bravo clients. And today we would approach a grower, have a conversation with them to say, is it the right fit for their operation um, at this time? And our goal is really to say, is this gonna be easy to implement? Is it going to make a difference? Is it, is it actually gonna reduce emissions? Is it gonna be profitable for the grower? So those are three things that we really want to focus on. And the pilot today is going to look at the, the lactating cows that we have. What feed additive can we give them? And there's a, a couple of feed additives. These feed additives reduce enteric fermentation, so the burping that it has. And we're able to quantify that emissions reduction through the feed additive. 
and then that reduction we can sell, we can monetize it as a as a unit and sell that to somebody else and then pass along the, the proceeds of that sale to growers. So that's really essentially on the dairy side what it is. It's a feed additive to reduce methane. It does not impact a methane digester. That's a question we get all the time. So the, the side benefits um, are going to be beneficial in terms of reducing this methane. It does not impact production. If it, if it does, it has a positive bump. We're careful to, to talk about that, but uh, positive yield increase both on components and production. No negative impact from a methane digester. And it's a, a one-year pilot that we're testing with select growers today. And selling the credits gives the opportunity for the producer to uh, incur this cost for the feed additive and maybe even have a little margin there. Is That's, that the it, case? It has to have margin, yeah. yeah. It has to have a positive margin. Yes. There's always going to be a margin one direction or the other. But yep. yeah, this is you know, beyond the ease of use. We want to make sure that dairy farmers are going to be profitable with this. And, and I know everybody wants to say, well, what is, what is it? What is the profitability? How much money am I going to make? And as you and I have discussed, I, I really think farmers should think of this in terms of thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands of dollars in, from a profitability standpoint. So overall, there's going to be the cost of the feed additive. There's going to be the revenue that they, they make. And we will, we will not sign a grower up unless that is going to be a positive ROI. Many of our uh, audience also produces their own feed with farming, sometimes very extensive farming operations. Give us a little indication of, of the farming component of, of your program. Yeah, there's a lot of different aspects when it comes to farming. In the western part of the United States, that focuses on nitrous oxide reduction. So in terms of the amount of nitrogen that we are applying to a field, how do we reduce that? And there's a couple of different ways. There's right source, right rate, right time, and right place, the 4R principle. There's an opportunity to reduce overall nitrogen. But as we do that, how can we quantify the amount of nitrogen that is being reduced? Because that also leads to a reduction in nitrous oxide. And nitrous oxide is a, a powerful greenhouse gas that people are willing to pay for if you're able to reduce that, especially within the dairy value chain, if we can reduce that emissions footprint. So for those that are cropping, raising their own crops, if they're able to adjust the amount of nitrogen and reduce that nitrous oxide, they can uh, benefit from that as well. And your role is to help them not only with the calculations, but also take those credits and, and in effect sell them on behalf of that grower. That's exactly, that's exactly right. We want to partner with this grower. The, the growers are, are the ones that should benefit. The growers need to benefit. They're, they are the solution to all of these conversations. And I think that's really important when we talk to people outside of agriculture that we remind them farmers are the solution here. And so we want to bring all the partners together. We have an agronomic partner that helps the grower with the feed additive, with implementing the production practices. We have a different uh, partner that helps quantify this. We work with companies bilaterally and sell these units, these credits, and then make sure the farmer receives that, that financial incentive. Well, Ryan Finley, uh, as part of this uh, presentation on the Dairy Business website, uh, we'll have your contact information, and I presume you would welcome uh, inquiries from producers around the country Absolutely. who have some interest in learning more about this. Absolutely, and, and I'm glad that you said that because there, this really is an education. This isn't, we operate, we operate in the voluntary market space. So this is not a government regulation. 
This isn't a mandate, this isn't a requirement. This is a voluntary market system that for us needs to incentivize growers to participate. It needs to be easy, it needs to be profitable. We need to make it work. But there's a lot of confusion. And, and I invite, as you said, I invite growers to reach out and, and just learn more. That's, that's the first step in any action is to learn more. How's it gonna impact my farm? What does it mean? What does it do? And, and those are all important questions to ask. And we stand ready to help and, and ask as we can, or answer as we can. Sure. Well, this has been Ryan Finley with Robo AgriFinance. Uh, he is the business leader of business development in, the, in North America for uh, carbon banking. And we really appreciate you being with us. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it. Thank you. And this is Joel Hastings for Dairy Business News, speaking to you from World Ag Expo.